0: If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna. I'm so glad you're here joining us this week. This week is dedicated to all of you Spiritual travelers, you wanderers, you seekers, you wilderness inhabitants, this is for you. One of the most hard parts about venturing into the wild, into a spiritual wilderness of deconstruction and questions and wandering, is the void that comes with it. The emptiness you feel of everything behind you no longer there. Whether it's community, family, family, a marriage, loved ones that you feel you've lost along the way, and now you're in this space of feeling alone, this episode's for you. I've walked it, I've lived it, and I really believe this will encourage you. Today's episode is brought to you by Alice Ranker. Alice is a Patreon. She is a wonderful, faithful supporter of this work, and I love her dearly. Alice, thank you. Thank you for being so faithful and committed to this, to this show. I just love you to pieces. If any of you are interested in becoming a supporter of this show, you can go to my website, just a Jesusfollower.com, click on the button Patreon to learn more. Without any further ado, let's get to today's topic. Here we go. You know, when I started my deconstruction journey, I had no idea the path that it would lead me down. I didn't know about the excitement, the adventure, the encountering of God in so many ways that I didn't even know were possible. I didn't know about the authenticity that I would discover inside myself and the self-love and the self-care and the expansiveness of love for everyone, how that would grow inside my chest. I didn't know. Um, another part I didn't know would come was the loneliness, was the heartache, was the grief, the loss of community. You know, when you feel... Spirit leading you. And it's this pull that you can't ignore. It's this pull that beckons you in the middle of the night and whispers in your ear during the day and calls you out into this space of empty void. I've I've been in the void space for about three years now. And that I think is where I'm centering this conversation is the void. Because no matter how much rebuilding happens and how much replenishing happens, there is this unmistakable chunk of the journey of transitioning from old to new that includes the void. I liken it to wilderness. I've talked a lot about that and how much I... Resonate with that picture of just being out in the wild, surviving and learning how to survive for the first time almost, and learning what my instincts are, learning what I'm capable of, of accomplishing, and learning what my needs are to survive. It does feel like I've been released from captivity out into the wild, into the wilderness. And that is an imagery that connects with me but when you think of wilderness you do think of empty you think of vast nothingness and that's the void that i want to talk about today if if this is resonating with you and you're you're like um you say the word void and i raise my hand and say yes i don't even know what you're talking about but i feel void <laughs> then that's what i'm talking about you are in that space and i think for a while i didn't even recognize i was in it because i was so consumed with the with the running you know when you leave something old and you are searching for something new There's a running, there's an anticipation, there's an adrenaline, there is a, it's almost like a falling in love kind of feeling where there's just endorphins and adrenaline and it's this rush and you are like, teach me Yoda all the things, I'm running. (laughs) And a lot of people who have found themselves on a spiritual journey, including a deconstruction of what they once knew, they find themselves running. And it's not that they're running away from anything in particular. It's that they are running towards where they feel spirit is leading them. The running is exciting. It's this chase of information, this chase of knowledge, this chase of intimacy inside yourself and a depth that you know is there, but you haven't quite gotten to the bottom of yet. I I think about, for me, that running sensation was painful, but amazing. Like the beauty of it washed over the painful part of it because every new layer that I exposed inside myself, although hard to peel the layer off, once I got underneath, I just found beauty. And I found gold. And I found treasured things that I'd forgotten were in me. And I think that that is where we get caught up in this rush of the wilderness. And before we know it, that beauty that we keep chasing, that we keep running after, you get to a point where you turn backwards and you realize that nothing is there. Nothing's left. You ran so far that everything around you is gone. That's the void. That's the emptiness. And that is what i want to talk about today <clears throat> in this podcast um overall we spend a lot of time talking about the running talking about the chasing talking about the beauty of discovery and the newness that can be found inside the wilderness and outside of captivity right but we don't at least i haven't for a while talked about this part i remember <clears throat> when I was about to leave my ch- the church that I was pastoring at, and oh, that, that call of the wild, if you will, it was large and loud and strong and undeniably present. And although my marriage was falling apart and my pastoral position was fading, there was this beckoning and calling that I just could not help but chase after. I I can put words to it to say it was spirit. It was a call to healing. It was a call to realness. It was a call to authenticity at a level that I had not experienced fully yet. And I tiptoed in the water. I, I was pretty real for the most part, but this was calling me past my version of real and into a whole nother category. And calling me to question God, calling me to question tradition, calling me to question what I'd always known as true, that call was loud. And I followed. I answered. And side note, when the call hits, don't ignore it because it will continue to knock on your door and drive you crazy until you follow it. So follow the breadcrumbs. But I ran, I ran towards it, and a lot of things destructed behind me. My marriage completely crumbled, like massive deconstruction, like it was pulled apart and nothing was left but dust. And a lot of my friendships fell apart. A lot of my leadership positions were no longer there for me. My income left me. And I was so adrenaline surged that it wasn't until I was out in the wild, out of anything familiar, out away from my constant and my normal, that I looked around and I said, Oh gosh, where is everybody? (laughs) Why isn't anybody coming with me? Why am I here by myself? And I tend to be. An introvert, so it's not that being alone bothers me. In fact, I, I replenish and recharge when I'm by myself. But I've always had friends around me. I've always had and strive to maintain somewhat of a good, healthy community. And whether or not I was leading the community or I was just a part of the community, I I craved that. And so when your community leaves. And in my case, my marriage was gone, which is my central unit, right? I was just at a loss of what to do. I didn't know that finding me, that finding realness, that finding that I could have a voice and I could question and I could ask God the tough stuff and I could wrestle with theology and I could wrestle with tradition and I could... find love for neighbors that I had not found inside of my heart before. I didn't know that the cost of that would be so high. It's really bizarre when you go from, and this is legit guys, like the year before I had two viral blogs, two blogs that went viral within, I don't know if it was like a couple months time span. I mean, they were close together and I was getting booked for speaking engagements like crazy. I was sought after by magazines. I was sought after by radios. I did lots of interviews. I did lots of of guest writing. And um, my presence was desired on a lot of platforms. And of course, this is at the time when I'm moving up in my position at the church I was working in also. So I was taking on more responsibility. And I mean, I felt like, This is it, man. I am landing where I am supposed to land. And I don't discredit that. I think that was where I was supposed to be at that time. But it is very weird and odd and disorienting to go from that to nothing less than 12 months later. And I mean, like crickets, like nothing. Like, I think half of the followers of my blog left. And I received a lot of angry exit emails, by the way. Um, they didn't like my newfound <laughs> honesty very much. They, they liked me safe in the box. And so me pushing out all the doors and windows of that box did not set well with a lot of my following. And it's, it's bizarre to go from everybody wanting you to everybody gossiping about you and leaving. I remember that year. Um, that was, you know, the peak moment of my small little career. There, I I remember tons of friends really wanting to hang out with me, and I and I remember thinking to myself at, at the time, I was like, "Okay, are these? Do they really want to be my friend, or are they just enjoying the fact that I'm, you know." have a blog that everyone's talking about. And I am on radio interviews and spots like, is that why they're really interested in me? Am I just like the new fad and then they're going to get bored with me? Or, or do they really see me and do they really see the heart behind my work and they really want to connect with me? I remember having those internal questions and the people that I felt that way with, I, I kept, you know, at, A safe distance, but I certainly allowed them in my world. And I allowed fun get togethers and birthday parties and double dates with our spouses and, you know, all the things that make for a full calendar. I had people, people listen, I had a full calendar. It was hard to get to hang out with me, it was a full packed calendar. And then skip forward, not even quite a year. And my calendar is like, empty. I don't have a job because I'm no longer at the church. All my speaking engagements either canceled or I was not just not getting phone calls for repeat events. Um, People who were interested in my writing no longer are interested in my writing. And those friends that I thought really were excited about me, yeah, no, they were the first to turn. They were the first to spread rumors and talk terribly about me and make life really ugly and hard. And and I wish I could tell you that the few true blood friends stuck by, but I can count on, well, I mean, a few fingers on one hand of friends that stuck by. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about some of the changes I've made in my life. Over the last year, I've made many changes to my spiritual practice, including practicing meditation, yoga, being proactive with my mental and physical health. These changes sound so simple, but they make such a big difference, especially when you're going through life's hard stuff. I get asked a lot about how to start meditating, how to start yoga, or the ways I personally take care of my health. So I decided to put all the answers in one place. I've called it my little spiritual lifestyle recipe. It's all in one place just for you. Links to my favorite meditations, my favorite yoga videos, CBD oil, all the things. Just hop over to my website, just at and click on the link Spiritual Living at the top left of the page. Again, that's just a Jesusfollower.com and click on the link spiritual living. The void. That void sucked. And there is no way around the void. If you follow the authentic path, if you follow the path towards inner healing towards honesty and i don't just mean not lying to people i mean honest with yourself honest with your internal deep deep self honest with your partner honesty with people who are in close proximity to you following that path always comes with a death there's no way around it Things are going to change. Things are going to die. And there is no better example of this than Jesus. I mean, for goodness sake, talk about an authentic life. I mean, the guy was completely unapologetically himself everywhere he was. And some days they praised him. And then a few days later, they yelled, crucify him. I mean, this is the, the picture of authentic living. I believe that to be spiritual, you have to learn authenticity. You have to walk in the wild. You have to walk the path of the wilderness. You have to walk the path of eventually what feels like a crucifixion because that is the spiritual path. Spirituality is not about arriving in some euphoric place to where you've now figured everything out and you are this person who can tell everybody else how it's supposed to be. Spirituality is about digging inside yourself and figuring out what's in there, like what's really in there, what you came packed with, what your needs are, what your dreams are, what you are designed and made for, like Spirituality has nothing to do with knowing everything. Spirituality has everything to do with realizing that you don't know everything. Faith is not in the answers. Faith is in the questions. It's in the doubt. It's in the not knowing. Spirituality is about walking a path that others are afraid to walk. It's about being true to you, true to the divine, and accepting wherever that leads you. Spirituality is learning how to walk the wilderness and let the wilderness be your teacher. That's the journey. The journey isn't about some magical oasis of an arrival. It's about the journey itself. It's about Day in, day out, digging deeper, showing up for you, going deep within, connecting with spirit, and constantly being open to the adapting waves of change because a spiritual life is an evolving one. Spiritual lives aren't stagnant, and I think for a while that was my impression of what I believed a spiritual plateau, if you will, of reaching the top was supposed to look like, like you get to a certain level and then you just ride it out because you've arrived. And then you teach other people how to do that. That was the model that I looked at for a very long time. But now I realize that's not it. (laughs) It's really not. It has nothing to do with the destination. It has everything to do with the journey itself. I think that a lot of this started inside of Christianity specifically with misrepresenting the picture of Jesus's life, of his journey. Because when you hear about the story of Jesus, so many tell the story about the destination. He died and he rose again. He was born to die. He was born to die and rise again. Like, that's it. But as you and I both have learned, especially if you've been following this podcast since I started the thing, like the beauty of his life was not in the death. It was in the journey. The journey is where the meat was at. The journey is where the nuggets of wisdom and the nuggets of truth fell from. That was where it was. The journey was in him only connecting with 12 people. And out of those 12, really only having one closely knit friend. The journey was in him wandering around in a wilderness, trying to find his way out, trying to survive. The journey was in betrayal of friends. The journey was in crowds praising him and then crowds screaming against him. The journey was in him trying to find spaces of quiet where he could just settle and think and be still. The journey was in him loving those society did not love and him being scorned and misunderstood for that. The journey was him extending compassion and mercy towards people who needed it most and the religious saying that that was wrong. The journey. Was in eventually everyone turning on him for the fact that he was simply who he was, and yet he opened his arms and he said, Okay, so be it, crucify me. Because the story of a spiritual life is the story of death and rebirth, the story of nature is the story of death and rebirth, the story. Of miracles is the story of death and rebirth. The story of our lives as we know it on planet Earth is the story of night and then day. You cannot have one without the other. The idea of the plateau simply does not fit the model. The model that we are in, the rhythm of life that we are in, says things will die and things will be reborn. And so if you are in the death, if you are in the void, be encouraged. I, I, I just, I can't say this enough because you are at the cusp of where the new starts, You can't get to the new until the old fully is dead and buried in the ground and you are present at the funeral. You know, a lot of us, for instance, especially those of us who've gone through a divorce, it's like it gets so bad and so painful and you're just like, okay, let's sign the papers and be done already, right? Let me move on. I'm ready to move on. But any good therapist will tell you "Eh, it doesn't work that way. Just because the papers are signed and the ink is dry does not mean that your heart is ready to move on. You've got to grieve the thing. You've got to sit with the emptiness of that thing before a new thing can come. None of us like the sitting. None of us like the the learning to sit and be still with an ugly thing that died. Something that feels like I failed. Something that feels like rejection that feels like pain that feels like emptiness and that everything has been stripped away from you nobody likes that but the spiritual journey says be still and know be still in that place and know that you are not alone and that it's not over yet be still and know that this isn't up to you you're only half of the story the universe has an amazing, amazing way of meeting you halfway when you're still. You see, this empty space that you feel, the void that you are looking at, feeling sitting in in the middle of the wilderness, whether it's the empty space of a spouse, the empty space of family, the empty space of community, the empty space of your job, your career as you thought it would be, the empty space of friends, whatever you are feeling, it feels uncomfortable because everything's been taken away. But here's the beauty of it. That's exactly where you're supposed to be. This says you are marching down the path Of a warrior. You are marching down a path of a spiritual life. You have shown already that you are unafraid of the wilderness because you walked this far. I think it's important that we recognize how far we've come. The fact that you are at the point of the void means that you've already faced hell and back getting there. The hard part is already over, it's behind you. This part just feels extremely hard because it's void. We're not very used to void things. It's why meditation is so hard. The idea of emptying out our thoughts of anything, my God, do you know how hard it is? I I love meditating. I have learned how to do it, but it is hard. And especially if you've not done it before. When I first started, it was like, wait, people can do this? Is <laughs> it possible to empty out your thoughts and have nothing in the headspace? No way. I, no way. No way. But I kept showing up and I kept figuring it out and I kept engaging as I was told to engage. And I eventually learned to sit with the void in my head. There's a tremendous amount of peace and clarity that comes from stillness, that comes from empty. I once heard someone say that you can't have music without silence. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You can't have the genuine real life that you're so hungry for until you have felt the absence of all those things. And I don't know why that is. But for whatever reason, those of us who travel down spiritual paths learn the rhythm of death and rebirth. We learn it. We learn that this is where we grow. This is where we cross over. This is where the sun starts to break through. And when you get through, many spiritual teachers call it the dark night of the soul. When you get through the dark night of the soul, gosh, that's when the sun shines. That is when light breaks and all of a sudden things start clicking. All of a sudden, the emptiness starts being filled up with things that are good, things that are new, things that are exciting, things that are purposeful and meaningful and deep and real. Now, part of it includes us being open to the new. Um, I see some people that get stuck in the void because they feel hurt, they feel betrayed, and. Loneliness can take all kinds of little afterthoughts when we sit in it. And if you get stuck there, when the new things come, you start pushing them away because you don't think you're worthy of them. You don't think you deserve them, or you are so determined it's not real, it's too good to be true, that you just shove the thing down. It's normal. It's normal. I've experienced that myself. I learned in a recent therapy session um, that I have a difficult time receiving and an easy time giving, and that has never been more apparent to me than in this space of the void. As new faces come into my life, as new opportunities come into my life, as new loves come into my life, it is a reaction in me to want to push it away because I'm so afraid of feeling it taken again. And yet again, God offers and invites me into another space of learning to trust, of learning to be still and know that I'm not in this alone, to be still and know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. To be still and know that all of heaven and the universe has got my back. To be still and know that all things are coming together for good. Every step in this journey is an invitation. And the invitations never go away. You can't screw this up. (laughs) You can't. Because God's too good. You can't screw it up. The invitations will continue to present themselves one after another. And it's just up to you to pick them up and open them when you're ready. I love you very much. And to all of you wilderness wanderers and seekers and finders, I hear you, I see you, and I want you to know you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And if it feels like the dark night of the soul... Know that it means good is right around the corner. It means that your breakthrough is almost there. Just be still and know. Just let go. Let go. The best opportunity for a spiritual trust fall is in the void. I love you all. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.